And now, it's time to get far out with Todd Perry. Korean food is the Mexican food of the Asian food. Huh. Buck Perez. The thing that I'm concerned about, thing trip is, how long did the flight take and what did they show me? And from the rotating gang of cigar store Indians, Kira Hessel. Come look at this, please, yes. Hello, Hannah Montana, Shakira, Shakira, come here. Yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to... <laughs> <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> what? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frosty, Heidi, and Frank show. My name is Frosty, and to the right of me is the great Frank Kramer. <laughs> uh, once again, uh, my name is Todd Perry. We're on the Far Out Podcast. To the right of me is the great Buck Perez. Hey, Todd, how we doing? And to the left of me is the great Heidi Hamilton. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Kira Hesser. What is that name? Sorry. It was a radio show I worked for in L.A. for a long time. A buddy of mine said when he listened to the shows when Kira was on, he said, oh, my God, God Elliot, announcer Elliot was like, I listened to the shows. You guys sounded like F- per- like perfect FM talk, like Frosty Addy and Frank stuff. And I was, I was like, all right, cool. I worked in that for a long time. I get it. That was a good show? Good show. It was a good yeah. comparison. Yeah, Great good. talk show. It's a compliment. All right. Cool. Real quick, before we get into anything, um, mm. I was back in June. I was on a show called The Krista Show, which is Krista, who is the producer of the Frosty Idea and Frank Show. It's Bringing big, it all around. Yeah. And so we did the show, and then some big time fan of Krista's came in because they were recording another show. Mm-hmm. And Chris was like, oh, this is my friend Todd, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, yeah, Todd, you called into the Heidi and Frank online show the other day. I go, oh, no, I didn't. And she goes, yeah, 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 you called in. And you said, yeah, I used to work for the show. And I was like, I did used to work for the show, but no, I never called in. So some, and someone like, was impersonating you? Somebody impersonated me on the Heidi and Frank show and said, and then they asked questions going, are you Todd? And asked questions about my life. And this girl told me that like, she the, the person got them right what? about me because it was probably somebody who who listened to this show and knew that I worked for Frosty and Frank called their show and then um they bought it and so then I emailed Heidi later I'm like Heidi that wasn't wasn't me it was a, there's a Todd Perry impersonator obviously out there so I was like of all people wow. to impersonate the right, mildly right, successful I podcaster mm, and uh I, I would think you were bullshitting if I got that letter I'd be like no, Todd Perry's pulling my leg on this one. Yeah, no, it was, it was somebody. You really called, didn't you? No, no, I don't. I don't, I don't subscribe to the show. I don't know the deal. I love them. I worked with them for a long time, but I, I don't. Uh, I don't know. So somebody allegedly is trying to be me. You've got uh, a stalker. I have a stalker slash admirer impersonator. If if you are that person, if, email the show at <laughs> show at faroutpodcast If imitation is the ultimate form of flattery, I mean that's a good thing, right? Kind of cool, right? You're you're doing good. Yeah. Our, our show is popular enough that uh, old uh, KLSX fans listen to us and uh, want to pretend like they're me. It's very weird. I, I want the person that's impersonating me to go to my job at uh, Someone's five, going to the- 545 tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I would like right about now. But no, Make it happen. Make it happen. I have a random, uh, stalk- not a stalker, I've got a guy that writes me letters. Mm. From what? From, I did from this. From jail. From jail. Mm. <laughs> no, he's... Um, I did this 
I acted a lot as a kid and I did this randomly. One of my things that I did, not even the most famous thing that I did, but one of the things that I did was an educational video on astronomy. Okay. And yeah. uh, when I first moved to LA, a couple months in, I got this letter, handwritten letter on like, you know, liner paper from like sixth grade or whatever, the notebook paper with like the ripped out holes. Yeah. Nice. Uh, you know, so a handwritten letter and like clearly children's handwriting. Not children's, this guy's like 10, 11. Children. Uh, children. Um, and a picture, a school picture of himself saying that he loved me in the movie and he watches me. He, he's gotten into astronomy because of me <laughs> and he likes cool. to watch it and talk to me. Pretend like he's talking to me. Oh, when, when was <laughs> while that? looking when, at the night sky? <laughs> when did you receive this? Uh, a year ago, and then I wrote him back a card saying thank you. <laughs> I, I sat on it for a while. I did not know what to write back. Yeah. And then I wrote back him like a thank you card, and then he wrote me another letter and sent me a bunch of pictures of all the astronomy stuff in his room. You inspired him. Though. That's good. <laughs> yeah. You showed him the universe. I guess I did as a wee thing. I was like eleven when I did that Trust uh, video. Me, as a guy, as a male. There's some kind of sexual fantasy in this too. You, you realize <laughs> no. you're you're oh, this, no. yes you're you're he's what twelve? It was so pure. Dude, this is no, this is around that time, and uh, he's got something going on. With <laughs> oh no, he's got he's, something going on with Kira. With eleven year old Kira. Yeah, because well. you mess with nerds. Once you once you tap into the nerd string theory, once you once you get into that area, just being a guy. That's how it is. Yeah, my roommate when I got when I got the second letter, you know, I wrote her the letter. She agreed that I should do that. Then when I got the second letter, and she goes, "Okay, you're not writing back." to this one yeah. <laughs> we're done now <laughs> did you ever hear anything back after no that? no uh-uh that was uh, like six months ago and i i didn't write him so i didn't get anything back no no but no. i've got all the both letters and all of his pictures on our fridge because it's uh, amazing so how old were you in this video? but the best is the end of the letter goes i'll look at the night sky anytime comma sam and you, you you're <laughs> like just it's like a weird threat <laughs> You're just in the night sky for him. Like he looks yeah. up at like right. the summer triangle. He looks at Altair and Deneb and pictures you as the third star. Right. Perhaps. Like you're I'm some, Orion's belt. You're some kind of celestial mother to him. Oh, that's something, you're, isn't it? You're like a Greek goddess. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right, so uh, before anything, let's get into it. We have a far out shout out. This is a far out shout out. This is the chip buck. Yo, the shout out goes to Naisha, aka at Little Rocket on Twitter for forcing us to put out the four loco show. Party and bullshit, party and bullshit. You can share your bed with us anytime, Naisha. That was a shout out, bitches. To get up in this, email us at shoutout at faroutpodcast.com. And that was Naisha, and uh, Naisha got a shout out because, uh, there was the Four Loco show the other day that I posted on Twitter, on the Far Out Twitter page, saying, I'm not sure if we're going to release the Four, Four Loco tasting room we did with Casey Gullickson, because I thought a bunch of guys drinking Four Loco and spitting into a bucket would not be entertaining. Hmm. Little Why did, did you I spit know. it out? Well, it's a tasting room. Oh, it was a literal, like, yes. wine. <laughs> yeah. we, have to, we have to take this. I never spit it out when I wine taste. Yeah. We have to take this to another level, Kira. If you All ever right. had a uh, malt liquor infused energy drink, you might feel the need to spit it out at a certain mm-hmm. point. Never tried it. No. I've been meaning it's to. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that ended up being the biggest download show day we've ever had in the show's <laughs> history. And I was like, ah, I don't know if we're gonna, this one's going to go out. So I posted about it on Twitter. And then um, Lil Rocca, who's great, Naisha, she uh, always. Uh, comments on our facebook page and stuff she basically told me to get the sand out of my vag- vagina and post the show so we did and then nice. everybody ended up kind of digging that one so uh we're gonna 
Thank you, Naisha. God love you. I'm going to back up a bit. We had a mm. bunch of stuff we wanted to talk about on the show, but yeah, there's sorry. one thing that I had written down maybe the last time you were here, because mm. you mentioned something during one of the shows and we glossed over it. We never quite got into it, but um, I kept wanting to bring it up with you. And you mentioned on one show you had met Michael Jordan, and we talked about that later on one of the shows, and you had met Oprah. Mm. How the hell did you meet Oprah? Because that's big time shit. Like, we talk about Michael Jackson all the time, but how did you meet Oprah? Because you said, I'm from Chicago, I met Michael Jordan, I met Oprah. Yeah. How the fuck do you meet Oprah? Um, I... Well, there's two times. I um, two times. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's like I'm from LA. I hang out with Michael, uh, Michael uh, Magic Johnson all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I mean, it's kind of equivalent. You well, don't. My mom's a filmmaker, so she did a documentary when I was like ten on um, this um, school in like bad neighborhood in Chicago, mm. and um, they it was this, there's this great principle of the guy that runs a school like is reforming kids lives that would be just totally fucked otherwise um and he's doing this amazing job and these kids are going great places whatever so my mom did a documentary on him and the school and they had to get a narrator and their my mom called oprah's office and wrote to her like every day for weeks and weeks and weeks and wow. you know it was ignored for a long time yeah. and finally she got a call and said okay she'll do it and um you know oprah narrated the documentary which obviously like gave it a huge leg up and oh awesome. yeah. yeah yeah so we went to the benefit thing and i met her there no so that was that what was, um, wait, wait was it what was it like meeting oprah because they say like people of a certain stature in life or whatever like, yeah if was, you're, was stedman there I, I think he was I think he was it, it was a while I mean I was young was I, so it? when you asked me like what was it like if I met her now it'd be different but I was because Stedman's nine, one eight, of my nine, like ten. heroes he's dope really yeah he's dope what do you know about yeah. Stedman Stedman can't be a hero who the fuck knows anything about Stedman got dough that's all I know yeah but what else Buck wants to be a cat man yeah exactly he's an interesting figure it's not but a, there's, not there's a some, bad life there's something to be said about it was um, it was like an art teacher I once had or something like that I, f- I forget the story it was like a, a, a professor I had or whatever mm. said that they knew somebody that and this is not equivalent but they met Hitler Hmm. And they were like in an art gallery and they they said, you know, everybody was clearing out of the art gallery. It was in like Berlin or whatever and Hitler mm-hmm. came in and the, the person told this person I know that they met Hitler and they looked at Hitler in the eye and Hitler came in and he was a kind of person that had this charisma beyond charisma. Wow. Like there was something in that guy like that was... supernatural. Supernatural, not like you meet in normal people. Like, yeah. And another guy I know... Uh, met Fidel Castro hmm. and said, so, you know, Fidel Castro, obviously a huge international asshole, but he hmm. met Fidel Castro and said he was one of the most charming people because hmm. the guy used to run flights of people from South Africa, South Africa to Cuba. <laughs> South Africa. And he, for, for some reason, he got to meet Fidel Castro for hmm. like business reasons or whatever. And he uh, said, he goes, I met Fidel Castro and he was one of the most disarmingly Charming people, you know. People say yeah. about Bill, seen, Bill Clinton yeah. or whatever. They met Bill Clinton. Yeah, yeah, and they go, yeah. He puts his arm around you, and you are seduced yeah, beyond. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, <laughs> I, I would think that if you met Oprah Winfrey, somebody of that caliber, somebody who has that ability to communicate to people, mm. you know, that that you would meet Oprah and you would go, "Oh wow, Oprah just looked at me kindly, and it just, it, you know." It, made my uterus yeah flip i mean or this is no last episode of the oprah show where all those people came out and were like oprah's changed my life from watching it like those women in the audience like yeah. i met oprah once had those stories you know this i mean i was a kid she did i know that i mean i was the 
random director of a documentary yeah. that she had narrated the daughter. She didn't yeah, have to talk to me. Care, you know? But um, sometimes people just have an aura. Like, I don't know, Tom, but she did. But Tom's, what I'm saying Tom's is... Or, 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 uh, over, <laughs> overwhelmed with Oprah right now. Yeah. I don't know why. Well, I just think that certain people... There, There is a truth that certain people have a charisma beyond... From what I can remember is that she did. She did. She had a great charisma. She was. She paid a lot of attention to me. She was really nice to me. Yeah. Um, they make you yeah. feel like you're the only person in the world when yeah, they look yeah, at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, my uncle uh, once was on a plane in, I don't know, the 70s or whatever, and he met, I think it was during the campaign time, he met Ronald Reagan. Mm. And it was back in the days when they used to have a bar on top of the plane. Mm-hmm. And my awesome. uncle, my uncle's a huge Reaganite, like loves Ronald Reagan, blah, blah, blah. And he said he, w- he went up to have a drink. He goes, I want to have a drink with Ronald Reagan. So he sat down, he had a drink with Ronald Reagan on a plane. And he said this guy was basically lit up the whole plane. Like mm-hmm. the minute he walked in, his charisma from the back of the plane to the end like was like this intoxicating, you know, when Ronald Reagan looked at you and made a joke or whatever, it was something that just ignited, you know, you yeah. would just be like, whatever you want, I'll yeah. give you or whatever. There's a certain... Char- yeah, there's a freaky charisma that certain people that end up being the, you know, the biggest people who ever lived. They have that. I don't know where that comes from. I don't mm-hmm. know what that magic is, but... You, you, you definitely don't brain. possess it. No. No. <laughs> you no. do, Buck. No, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say none of us do, really. Yeah. yeah well, it's, thanks, it's, Buck. You just... Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's some. It's some that, us. <clears throat> Well, it's some you're born with, and I don't think any of us have it. But what? Is, but what pro- is that though? If you're born uh, with it, is it just like something French you're touched from a God? Certain, or, uh, je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. Yes, that's what it is. I mean, come on. So yeah, you, I think you just want to talk about Oprah for like 20 minutes. Well, that, no, that's I it. just that's the addenda. There is a magical thing that certain people have. Like I, 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 I told the story before in the show about how I was at a bar one night. I met Ryan Seacrest, mm-hmm. and I never wanted to be a huge Ryan Seacrest fan or whatever. But I ended up talking to him, and I was like. Totally get why he's wildly famous because mm. he immediately was one of the most likable people you ever met. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know when you meet those guys, especially here in LA. There's like, oh, like you may not be a great actor, or whatever, but you've got something, you know. In class, in acting class, they would have that. Um, you know, just some certain people were like, ah, you don't really like know what you're doing here, but like you've got this weird charisma that is clearly going to take you far, even yeah. though you're not good. There's an energy about people. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it, it comes, it, it imprints on microphones, people become interesting or mm. on film. But uh, I always wanted to know what that is. Like, why can you just, just put... just the nameless it factor. Nobody's ever been able to figure that out. Yeah, but it's got to be, you know, just like we were talking about earlier about songs. And there, there's a certain chemistry to a song or there's a certain alchemy that you could put together and possibly create something great i try to figure it out in doing podcasts or whatever like what makes that what makes something so engaging to people and there's yeah. certain charisma people have but you really don't know what it is yeah, yeah. anybody anybody else you've ever met kira that really just you went oh wow that made my ass fall out like when i met that person made my ass fall out yeah. well when you put it's it like that yeah. um God, I mean, yeah, I feel like most of like when I've met certain actors that are just that do jump off the screen, it's like, oh, I get why, you know, I see, I, like, I completely see that. Cameron Diaz from across the room looked at me and grinned at me and waved at me, and I was like, oh my, I'm just. She didn't know who I was, just immediately like so right. sweet, that's so nice of her. You know, I was a kid, I was like twelve. Um, Keanu Reeves, when I met him, it was right after Speed, and I was obsessed Whoa. with him. Oh. Yeah, Whoa. he was Whoa. so sweet. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> So remember. sweet, and that's what everybody says about him. It's like he's like the most genuinely nice guy in Hollywood, nicest guy mm. in Hollywood. Yeah, it's like when I worked in radio, um, 
there were people there was like celebrities that came in out of the building mm-hmm. and like there there are people you met or got to like you wouldn't normally meet i'm not trying to be like a weird name dropper but there are people you come in contact oh, with yeah, and, yeah. and the, the funniest thing is the one person of, of lots of people that i had to meet that mm-hmm. was the most one of the most easiest as a human being that you could just you could talk to and you could be like i could talk to that guy for nine hours <laughs> and want to hang out with forever the weirdest thing was ron jeremy Hmm. I met the porn star. That's not surprising. I met. The, He's I met. Gotta a, have charisma. We had some like Howard Stern event. There's a bunch of Howard Stern people hanging out, and you know, I was just. I'm not trying to be a name dropper or whatever because that's not a big name to drop, big dick to drop. But, and I sat down with Ron Jeremy to talk, and he's like, "Oh, you work in radio," and he talked to me about radio, and we talked together, and I was like, "Oh my god, I love this guy! Hmm. Like, I want Ron Jeremy to come to like my family Christmas party, and we'd be like, "Hey, Ron, how's it going?" Be like, hey, guys, what's up? And he was yeah. just one of the most just. People, you just, you fall into them. Like, you, yeah. you just hmm. like, ah, come on, Ron, let's go have a drink or whatever. And you didn't drink or whatever. You're just a nice, huh. really l- fucking charismatic, likable, but there was nothing big about him hmm. besides his cock. But there's personality-wise. You didn't see that. That's no. That's time. Did it Live. evolve to that? Or no? no, it didn't. But yeah. I just thought that was interesting. Could have easily gone I, there. I think uh, the superstar that did it for me uh, was Heavy D. Mm-hmm. I, when I met Heavy D. When did you meet Heavy D? In uh, the lobby of New Line Cinema. Who's Heavy I, D? Uh, I can only he- think of Mike who's D. Who's Heavy D? Uh, name uh, a, a, a big time Heavy D song. Uh, oh, he sang on Jam by Michael Jackson. Jam, Jam, here comes the man. Hot damn. Making track no, with no, my no. man, Michael Jackson. <laughs> he was basically a second rate hip hop guy. Just. Yeah, what was the big heavy? But he had a big song. Yeah, yeah. Something about love or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and him being an overweight fat person. Yeah, he was about a because he's the overweight ain't lover. Too, it was like ain't too heavy big D. for love or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah girls exactly. are girls that love me because it's the overweight love a heavy D. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that was my meeting a star moment. It was shocking. Yeah, yeah. It was like I, there, and then there's certain people you would figure you would be like, oh my god, that person had a big charisma. It was like I met uh, MCA from the Beastie Boys one time. Like. Backstage at a show, like I broke in, I was like, "I meet one of the Beastie Boys." And MCA was like a quiet kind of, yeah, okay. Like uh, shook his hand. He was like, yeah. "Okay, fine." I'm, I'm, but it's like that's a Beastie Boy. Figured this big personality. He was this quiet kind of, all right. And uh, you would never figure out if that guy was sitting in a room, whether he was a big famous guy or or one not. One of those guys. It takes you know a lot of drugs to get on stage. <laughs> yeah, and get right. that charisma going. Don't blame that. Yeah. yeah. It was at uh, DMC from Run DMC once said it took about three forties in order for DMC to become DMC. Yeah, I'm like sure. he was just a quiet kid from Queens, and then it was yeah. like a bunch of a bunch of beers in, and he became. I don't drink. I don't. Not, I don't do stand up without drinking first. Oh hell no. Yeah. I couldn't go. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I could. Do, I can't do the show without getting booze in me. I don't know. Maybe I could. Buck's not weighing in. No, he he can do the show. It's just he's better with it. I used to, I, I did I did I used to do Doug live Stan radio. So I used I'm to do the, live radio sober. So it was a big big market. A lot of people listening. I was stone cold sober. If, if you know anything about me, I'm the ultimate enabler. Yeah, I, I will give you that beer. You make it happen. <laughs> no worries. There you go. I like that about you. Yeah, no worries. So I'd, I'd like to talk for a moment. We took a bit of a sidebar on that, but I I, I just thought it was interesting. I always want to know. Like nobody has the answer to that. 
What is, what is the it factor? What is, that, what is that thing and why mm-hmm. do people have it? And how mm-hmm. did, they, did they create that? Or was it some just kind of God-given thing or yeah. whatever? Coming back. So, Kira, interesting. So, you were recently... Uh, on the show, and you were talking about you went to what was it? Uh, was it Hungary? Istanbul. Mm, oh, just now? No, no, a while back. A while back, I went to Marrakesh. Yeah, you went Morocco. to America, yeah. Morocco. And uh, recently, um, you were on the show a bunch of times, and then you couldn't come on the show because you were in Turkey. Turkey. Turkey so, yeah. okay, explain me the what, what was the difference that you found between Turkey and Morocco? Because I feel like same part of the world, like you were harassed when you were in Morocco by like the the, the weird, uh, crazy, weirdly misogynistic culture. How, how did you find Turkey, which is kind of a similar part of the world? Uh, similar in that it's like a Muslim country in that area, general, but but very different cultures um, from each other. And it was interesting being in the markets comparing Turkey to Morocco because Morocco, I don't know if you all listened to the Mar- Morocco episode, but if you didn't, yes. here's a little uh, yeah. <laughs> reminder. Basically, it uh, was like this. If we'd be walking, I went with two of my girlfriends and we'd be walking through the markets and be like, hello, hello, come, come, come here, look at this, you know, touching us, grabbing us, whatever. Come look at this, please. Yes. Hello, Hannah Montana, Shakira, Shakira, come here. Right. Yeah, that was and you show me an actual they video. Yes, I sent Todd a video. Yes. And her, the whole time walking through Morocco, was basically being harassed by men like it was it seemed like a world that was a thousand years in the past isn't that a crazy video yeah no it it was it's totally freaky and i asked my wife i said you know uh, one of her friends went to morocco from england and she was like she was like i'll never go back there like that was like (laughs) hell on earth for women just like their whole culture was so fucked up really I mean, there it's it's a different thing. We I can't really say it's you know it's fucked up. It's different to what we're growing up with and what no, we've become accustomed know, to. But I would say that being wildly aggressive towards women, yeah, but I don't is a bad thing. Yes, but I wouldn't say the culture is fucked up. That's that's just too broad of that's a, a broad you know yeah yes. assessment. I'm saying the markets in Marrakesh, yes. Yeah. Um, the way that like uh, tourists have, become, have come to be treated, especially female tourists, absolutely. Yeah. Um, in a big city like that, you know, the rest of Morocco, I have no idea because I wasn't there. Um, but that video is as astounding. <laughs> we, were, we just took like a six. It's like three minutes or something like that, and just every guy jumping out at us. And you know, you say no, thank you, and they say why. You know, you can hear that in the video. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the and they're like you're a loser, and they're like yeah, d- d- degrading you, degrading us. Yeah, we're you. like no, thank you, and they're like oh, whatever, you're a loser. It's like you're a lo- what? Because we don't want to eat at your restaurant. Wow. <laughs> like nobody comes out to Long Beach. Like from like, you know, some other country and comes down to like, you know, get some fish and hang out and go to a bar and gets like harassed by people. Get and a like loser. Groped and called a loser. No, it's like, come on down. Come out to Long Beach. Have a good time. Yeah, it's not good customer relations. Yeah. No. Yeah. So that compared to Turkey was uh, a world away. Basically, we went to the markets in Turkey and say, I mean, the Grand Bazaar in Istanbul is a lot like the souks in Marrakesh, but, um, you know, there's shit everywhere and you're walking by like a billion stores a minute. And uh, a lot of them, or a couple of them, not nearly as many as in Marrakesh where it was every stall. But, um, you know, a bunch of them would be like, you know, hello, come try this or whatever. Yeah. And I would say, no, thank you. And they would literally say, okay, bye. You know, it was like, nice. oh, thank God it's not like Morocco. Yeah, it's going like, like going to the uh, swap meet in Gardena. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Like, say hello. That's great. Whatever. You yeah, know, shout yeah. it out. Were You've you, got goods to sell. Were you burkered up? 
Did they have to burka you? I had to wear a hijab uh, when I went to the mosques, but on a daily basis, no. It's well, actually for the, illegal. Wait, wait, for the people who don't know what a hijab is. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a head covering. It's a scarf, basically, that you put over your head. Yeah. Um, nice. And uh, Did you feel like weird about having to put that on? Well, the or? thing is, in Turkey, it is, uh, it's against the law to wear a, a headscarf in public office or civ- any civil uh, workers. So it's just not made an issue of, like in, in, in terms of like the government versus, you know, church versus state sort of issue. Um, and it, they probably won't have it be allowed. And in fact, some women that want to wear the scarves to work cannot. Um, so, and we talked to some of those, so that's, that's interesting. And we went to like a newspaper and a bunch of the women there, um, were wearing them and chose to, cause they yeah. didn't, um, going to the mosques, the holy places, we had to cover our, our, uh, heads as a sign of respect. Yeah, and that's fair. You're going to somebody's church. You, you yeah. are, go you by are, but, it wasn't in but you're a daily. Muslim, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now I am after this trip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God, it was, it was like going to prison. It's like you came yeah. out a Muslim. You came out a Muslim. It's uh, by the way. Um, no, I loved. I mean, there's nothing like listening to the five daily calls for prayer. So every, every and I, I roomed with a Muslim girl, which was really interesting because I'd mm. wake up at five a.m. to her praying. I mean, wow. they like adhere to a crazy strict schedule. They've right. got a couple hour window, you know, all day long of doing their five daily prayers and. Uh, through all the minarets there's a man that does it on a speakerphone and calls it out and it's like this beautiful song and you know if you are a a muslim practicing muslim that's when you pray all right how how was it interesting and different um well just the it was interesting having to or being able to see I, i was assisting on a documentary shoot and it was interesting to see sort of muslim daily life put into practice on september 11th i went to a mosque uh for morning prayer um we arrived september 10th like you know whatever lately and then on september 11th we woke up and we were shooting in a mosque um the morning call to prayer and we get there and it's like before the sun has even risen and i got to sit up top the guy that that does the prayer and like just you know i'm i i there's a special section for women and i didn't have to be in it because i was part of the shoot right but i would have been cordoned off the women are like separate like behind doors actually um and the men, which are the majority of them, you know, are like, you know, all it's like hundreds of men um, bent over in prayer. It was incredible. Now, so, what was, what, obviously, I'm thinking you're in Turkey, and if it's a September 11th thing, that I don't know whether the people in Turkey give a shit about no, what I guess in America. The, the prayer that they did was um, about like, peace like peace and understanding each other and right. like understanding each other's differences and I, I think it did touch on the passage because it wasn't like a it's not like a sermon that they give they read passages from the Quran yeah and uh, that's what I guess they chose one that was sort of applicable yeah it was it's interesting to me as somebody who is of no I'm, I'm, I'm an atheist I don't I don't have any religious allegiances and hmm. um, but it, it's interesting to me that Nice thing that the people in Turkey are like, you know, we're going to have this this whole thing is about peace and it's not some other, maybe some other highly politicized version of of um, people of the Muslim faith who are, who are doing something that's really possibly something negative somewhere mm. in the world or whatever that uh, that these people took the opportunity to talk about peace and everything. Like, that's a cool bit. Yes, you know? yes. Not cool that women in this side of the room. Like, I know, but it's sort of you're, like you're adheres pretty- to hundreds-year-old texts. I mean, I had issues with it, and it's because I asked them. I, you know, I have no problem confronting. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, no, but no, I, I want to hear your opinion. On it, um, so. No, I, I asked, and I said, why is this? Why are the men uh, separated from the women? And they said, well, when you're in 
you know, the the house of Allah, of God, you are bending over, like how they pray is they bend on their on their knees and it's, um, they, you know, press their face to the floor and, and look up and down. Um, and because it is a house of God, um, they think that if women were in front of the men that it would be sexual and then, then it would mm-hmm. sexualize the experience of prayer. Um, which, I mean, they're not wearing hot outfits, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> their knees have to be covered, and so does their hair. So, <laughs> first of all, there's that. I mean, most of them, it's like long, yeah, I know, long I'm skirts and whatever. Um, looking I'm for the knees. Man. Yeah, I got told to cover my knees but up who, and who's, who's getting anyway. protected by that? Who's, right, so who's I said... protected by that right, so I, The exactly. women or the men or... I mean, I think it's it's it, it, it makes it so that the men, uh, you know, because they're so helpless to control their thoughts or whatever, right. if the woman's in front of them, but they can't think about it. So, and I said... And I mean, the point said, well, what about, what about homosexuals? I mean, what if, you know, gays right. are praying and it's a sexual position in front of them? And he said, um, no, well, no, I said, yeah, here. pretty much. They I mean, pretty much that was the week, answer. Yeah, yeah, like there, he said, no, like, you know, we don't really talk about homosexuality in Islam, but, um, you know, if there are some, it's, the, it's okay. You can come to, tr- you can still come to the mosque, but it's not really like a thing or discussed or mm-hmm. even allowed, you know. Were the majority of people in Turkey, were they adherents to the Muslim faith? Did it appear that yeah. way? It was not like... 95% it, of them. Yeah, it's not like in America where like we, you know, they say 80% of everybody's a Christian or whatever, but, but yes. 20% are going to church. Right, right, it's that kind of thing. It's like 95% are like secular Muslims, they call it. Yeah. Um, but I think a good amount of them are practicing, but there yeah. are a lot, a lot, a lot of secular Muslims. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it's, it's wild to me. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, it, it's, yeah. in, in one way, there's certain parts of me that likes the unification of people around mm-hmm. common ideas. I think that that's a good thing. Yeah. The weird, like, women stay here, men stay here, and there was, there was a quote, I think it was by the first George Bush, it was George Bush one, and he said it was the, the soft prejudice of uh, lowered expectations. Hmm. And there's something about you're having a soft prejudice of lower expectations when you expect the men to have no control, so you put the women over here. You yeah. don't ask them to have enough sexual self-control. You're almost I can't believe giving, I just liked a George Bush quote. Yeah, the yeah. first George Bush actually <laughs> exactly. a pretty bright guy and actually was yeah. I mean, you do the math, actually pretty decent United States president, one of the better ones actually was the first George Bush. But uh, that's always a quote that has stuck with me and applies to many different things. But if you have an entire society built around the fact you have lowered expectations of the behavior of the men. But that's what religion does. That's what all religion does. I'm not all, but most, most organized religion does as, uh, you know, the main theme is you are, um, you cannot help yourself against this greater power. I mean, that's even the tenet of AA. You are powerless against, um, against this, you know, succumb, succumb to the higher power. Yeah. Um, so, th- so that's just sort of inherent in all these old organized religions, and I can take issue with it, but, you know, there doesn't seem to be like, you know, in Judaism, there's Orthodox Judaism and then Reform yeah. Judaism. There doesn't seem to be like Reform Islam, where it's like, <laughs> it's cool to be gay and Muslim. Like, I, I right, should have right. asked about that when I was there, but I don't think there was like, you know, the Unitarianist branch. I don't think to get that branch, deep here. Yeah. Or the Methodist branch, which is much more loving and yeah. I was, accepting. I was uh, raised in that. I was uh, raised as a Methodist yeah. Christian. And so, and like, they're totally cool with everything. And yeah, like, hey. there was a Methodist preacher on the trip, and she was like the most lovely human being. Yeah, and that's why you know it's, it's a funny thing where I, I don't believe in God. I don't I don't I don't believe in a religion, but I was raised Methodist, and I have a very positive view mm. of what the Methodists do for the world. I actually give money so to the much. Methodist Church because they 
uh, up the street because they give money to the, the the poor people in the totally. neighborhood. Totally, she does and so much out. for the community. So it's a we- it's a weird conflict with me spiritually not believing in God, but also believing yeah. that actually these people are very good people. Yeah, what yeah. Do, what do Methodists believe? Ah, oh, they're they're like a Protestant faith, but they're 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 they they read the parts of the New Testament that are really into Jesus into love into helping people. Very good. And like you know, help your poor. Blah blah mm-hmm. blah blah blah. And so they, they take that part of Christianity and enact it. So I was always in, you know, really into that end of uh, what, what they do. So. Yeah. But uh, Turkey in general, besides the, the Muslim general, experience. Turkey in general, dude. Bitchin' food. Yeah, I was going to oh. say, well, what was food like? Yeah. Oh, my God. Fuck you guys. Cheese and baklava every meal. See, I don't like baklava. Oh, what cheese, the fuck? You don't like baklava? Too, it's too sweet. Uh, what does that mean, too sweet? Yeah, I can't talk sweet. to guys about desserts. We're not, we're not even going there. Maybe it's my, my bad teeth. I don't know. Oh, I love it. Anything <laughs> drenched in honey. It was so fucking good mm. so there's that and then you're gonna eat cheese there's like feta and halloumi which is my favorite kind of cheese yeah um there's a lot of meat rice pita dips i mean it's great food but when you eat it three times a day for 10 days it's uh it's a bit heavy it's a little exhausting <laughs> <laughs> you want the mickey d's yeah no i did not you want the mickey d's but i really yes, miss some sushi i miss i actually wrote back to my friends at home i was like i miss kale I miss vegan food. Oh, yeah. I'm tired vegan? of eating lamb. No, but I eat like it here because that's my it's my favorite type of food. Mm. I know. You can have good vegan food. You just haven't been a crew and so I love like, lamb. I, I, no, I, I dated I dated vegans. I I, I did that whole bit. <laughs> but how long ago was that? Tofu mushroom burger at Javier's. Mm. How long ago was that, Todd? Yeah, you can't. I mean, no. L.A. has great vegan restaurants now. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure like a while ago was, there's not many options. I had some Korean barbecue the other day. It would fucking mm. knock your ass out. F- funny story. I don't know well, if I like this phrase, knock your ass out. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think we got to stop this. Okay. He's used it like four Let's times. Let's ban it there. here on out from the Far Out podcast. <laughs> no more. I'll, I'll tell you. So before I get into that story, as, as we finish up, real quick, Turkey, you're, you're telling people go there, don't go there. What's the deal? Oh, the average I'm, person goes there to enjoy the sites. They're going to dig it or not? Yes, I think so. I went on a very uh, specific circumstances of with a like large group of people, depending on, I mean, it was just a, a lot of extenuating circumstances. However, I think if you went alone to visit with a friend or whatever, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful country. Okay. The, the thing that I'm concerned about and with any trip is, how long did the flight take and what did they show on it? <laughs> Great That's question. That's really all I care about. Great question. That's really all I care about. Um, 11 hours. It's a long ass flight. Holy shit. Yeah. You see any Sandler films? They had to at least throw down three Oh my Sandler God, no, but I saw Drew Barrymore films <laughs> going the distance. A little rough. Yes. Yeah, I slept a lot of it. <sighs> to finish up today's show, uh, I went out for Korean barbecue the other night with, um, uh, we have some friends that uh, Sam and Erica and they, they are uh, of Korean descent. I grew up in North Torrance, big Korean population is friends of ours. And um, their ethnicity isn't really important, but if you tell the story, they're getting ready to have their next child. And uh, they were trying to figure out names for the kid. And uh, they were like, I think I want to name the kid like Benjamin. I said, all right, that sounds good. And they also, and she was like, I wasn't, I couldn't decide whether to name the kid Benjamin or Benjamin Harrison. Okay. And uh, so she was said, well, basically, I think I want to name the kid Benjamin Harrison. And uh, I was like, uh, and their last name is Chung. So I was like, you name your kid Benjamin Harrison, Harrison Chung. Chung. And yes. I was like, do you know that Benjamin Harrison was the president of the United States? <laughs> and then she just started laughing. She's like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah, there was a Benjamin Harrison. <laughs> so she just started laughing. I was like, why don't you just name your kid George Washington Chung? <laughs> <laughs> 
How sad is it that I didn't know that Benjamin Harrison was a president? Yeah, I was like, when like, was that one? Uh, Mid eighteen, like oh Harrison. I think I just didn't know, remember his first name. Not not Chung wasn't. No, <laughs> Chung wasn't in there. Not quite yet, but it was a uh, Benjamin Harrison. So I just about like lost my shit, huh. like eating Korean barbecue, thinking there would be a child named Benjamin Harrison Chung. It's hilarious. He should rule the universe if there is one. But no, he was right around the Chester A. He Arthur could be times, the answer. Chinese-American diplomatic relations. So the, yeah. That's it. Going forward as an American culture, got to get nice and good with the people we owe our money to. So please tell me you... Oh, God, them. she's Korean, not Chinese. I just made a huge gaffe. <laughs> I thought that was a Chinese last name. You changed mm-hmm. name. Chung right? is kind of Chinese, yeah. yeah. You had them change the name, right? Uh, I think they're, they're still... Wait, she hasn't popped the kid yet, so... <laughs> so good. But yeah. I still smell... The, 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 the takeaway is... Had it two days ago. I still smell like Korean food. Like my, I wake up next to my wife yesterday morning, and I was like, "Oh God, Jesus Christ!" The kimchi, kimchi. comes through the pores. <laughs> Ew. Like, the, like Korean barbecue is a three-day experience. Like you eat really? it the first night, and it's so good. It's like, like the Korean food is the Mexican food of the Asian food. Huh? It's like just, I never eat it. I had it like once, I think. Robust flavor, lots of spice, sits on you heavy. Yeah, it's not amazing. my jam. But uh, three days later, you'll wake up and uh, you, you you still you never, still got it going. Never Belchin had that chi. problem. Never had Belchin that problem. Kimchi. God bless it. All right. I'd like to thank Buck Perez for oh. coming out on the show today. Thank you. I'd like to thank Kira Hesser. Thank you. We never got to our topic today. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> this whole topic about my experience fighting with my uh, eye doctor. And uh, Take no. it to the grave, man. Take it to the grave. No, it was nice. We had a very good talk today. Oh, so. good. Little, something, little, something a little serious. I like that every once in a while. People come for the jokes, and if we can talk about uh, yeah, international religion and uh, all that, then makes us feel like we're actually doing something kind of cool with it's our show. It's a travelogue day. This is the Rick Steves version of our podcast. Getting a little NPR. I swear <laughs> to God, four loco tastings and boop talk on the next show. <laughs> Thank you, Kara. Kara will not be here. <laughs> Thank you, Kara Hesser. Bye. We're taking over.